0: and there it is right on time what ghost rider multiple books plus i already read some of this one holy moly i got some questions for you with 2020 (laughs) jr Stravey jr today on the show here we go
1: the business bros podcast was created for you Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of
0: Business (laughs) Rules! Dude, Dude, what up? Super in sync on that one. See, on your side, it sounds good. On my side, it's off, but it doesn't matter. It's the internet. We have fun with it anyways. Everything works. Fire intro. Fire (laughs) intro. Here we go again. It is a beautiful, sunny. Welcome back Wednesday here on the Business Bros Pop. We're excited to say welcome back to an incredibly gifted author and advisor. Today's welcome back guest was on the show 11 months ago to the day. At the time, he was telling us about his book, First Spouse. Now he's got some more exci- exciting stories to tell. This needs no fanfare. We're so excited to have him back on the show from Westpac Wealthers, and here to talk about his two new books. Plus, welcome back to the podcast, Jerry Stravey. <laughs> oh, I've messed that up, Ham. I wasn't even ready. You killed I'm going to throw it on there. I'm going to throw it on there anyway. I was all looking is, at his is. book. I was looking at his book, and I didn't do the pause. <laughs> applause. Sorry like, about that.
2: That was from when I was at Carnegie Hall.
0: <laughs> and that was when you were at Carnegie Hall. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know how you found it. It's been a while. Black and white.
0: <laughs> Everything's on
1: YouTube these
2: days. That's what, that's how you roll. All
0: right, uh, Mrs. Stravy, I I was reading some of your book today, uh, trying to get caught up, and remembering the last conversation we had. And spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't read the book, uh, Nick Jeffries is a Republican, correct? Right. And he wins mm-hmm. California?
2: Can you believe it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like what? days of Reagan, right? It was amazing. But you guys aren't old enough to remember. No, no, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think that's the last Republican that that uh, took the governor's seat here in Cali. Yeah.
2: I yeah, no, no. That's going to happen anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Not not with the not the with the Republican we currently have. I don't think he's taking uh, California. Bag, you think, right? think he would have a chance at New York, though? But I don't know about California.
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be. We're gonna probably find out by January who's president. But you know, <laughs> That's take well. we got
0: mail-in ballots. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's going to be some crazy stuff. So this book had a lot to do with uh, things going on in 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. And 2020 took a huge left turn from what anybody thought it was going to be oh, yeah. like. Uh, what's, your, what's your take on on being an author and kind of going into a fictional state and yet kind of living a fictional world? <laughs> I
2: yeah. How does um, that relate? Like that book First Spouse of the United States and other ones—they're kind of like a dystopia. You know, you're writing in parallel lines, what's going on, and trying to kind of weave in there. But who would have ever imagined this COVID thing would co- would have come along and just wipe everything out? So there're going to be a lot of authors that come out with the COVID books and things related to it and what have you. But you know what? I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be too much. I'm not going to be that interested in reliving COVID right away as soon as it's over. So. <laughs>
0: We've been stuck in this place for a while now. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest though, it's been some of the, the greatest quality time I've had in quite some time. Like really? The world got to slow down, spend more time with my kids, spend more time with my wife. I know out there there's a lot of people whose relationships have improved or <laughs> completely diminished, right, it's been one or the other. You realize real quick, like, okay, I, I really like, uh, what is that? I really like, uh, Kelly has a real chunk um, that's, that's pro red. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it, it does have good chunks of, of pro red, but it's mostly blue. Let's face it.
2: So, you know, I mean, well, you're talking about the COVID thing as an author, and so many of the authors that I know, it doesn't change our life a whole lot because when you're writing, it's a pretty lonely experience, and um, it really didn't change my life a great deal, other than the fact that I can't go out to bars and meet my friends and you know that kind of thing. Uh, but it hasn't had it made, made a big difference, and so.
0: But you had more time, right? You had you had more time in what you're doing, and I don't know about you. Like I'm not an author, but when COVID first hit, I sat down and wrote my entire process on how we do our podcasting, and right. I have an ebook. I be I made an ebook out of <laughs> out of that time, right? So you know that time has allowed a lot of people to branch out and create new hobbies or create new side hustles or yeah. whatever it's going to be. Uh, right. You must have used that time wisely because you came out with a couple things.
2: Yeah, I, um, since I spoke with you, I have come out with um, two books. Uh, one of them I was writing or had written a lot of it, uh, Braxton's Century Volume 1. Braxton's Century turned into a trilogy, believe it or not. When I was talking with you last, my next book was going to be one book, but I guess I'm going to do a little bit of writing because now it's three. And then I also uh, wrote a short story that I published yesterday on Amazon. I just put it up there. It's about a 25-page story, and then uh, I w- was contracted with a film company to write a book that's going to be made into a film. I w- I'm a ghostwriter on that book.
0: What was, what was that like? I mean, being able to write something uh, and not getting like the full credit for, for a lot of the work you did, but having them take it and kind of turn it into their own. I mean, it's almost like check out this beautiful cake I made. And then somebody comes in like drops all kinds of, you know, whipped cream and sprinkles and all kinds of stuff on your, on your cake. Well, what was that experience like?
2: What's kind of interesting. The best part about it was they paid me. Well, that's a plus. <laughs>
0: I'm I mean, going to go with that's a winner right there. You want to drop like cherries the, on top? I the Go the ahead. You can
2: it, it. cherries on top, right? So <laughs> uh, as an author, you know, you don't get paid until the books sell. Well, hell, I've got paid. We'll see if the book sells. Um, so what they do is they have what they call project specifications. I'm going to hold that up for you. You can see that I have taken a few notes on it. Um, oh, yeah. And this thing is really long, and they tell you – basically the thrust of the story like they tell you when the time period is they tell you who the characters are the age they are, what they're looking for in the book and then it's kind of an outline where they want to go but then they give you a carte blanche to do anything that you want with it which is interesting because I would go page by page changing things, adjusting things, trying to go along the pattern but when you take 30 pages and turn it into 300 pages you're going to have an imprint on it you know what I mean? yeah but but still
0: like i mean that's they give you a box and they tell you do whatever you want with this box that still we, opens no, up we a better lot of like
2: it when you're done
0: <laughs> yeah but we better <laughs> like it when you're
2: done but and i mean that gives people.
0: you a lot of creativity so you know who the character is you know where their time uh, where the time frame is you know a couple things about them but you right. get to create their backstory it still allows right. for
2: a lot of flexibility and that was fun in fact and this story is about a Galblanita name of Edith Cavell and it, this takes place in 1914 during World War 1 in Brussels. She's an English person, middle-aged woman that runs a hospital in Brussels and the Germans occupy it and she smuggles 200 allied soldiers out of the hospital under the German during the German occupation. So, when I went and talked to them I said, "Do you want a James Bond uh, adventure here or do you want a Casablanca type of thing?" And they said, Casablanca so I thought a lot a lot of that in those moods and those things that are going on and I have you know tunnels and all this you know escape routes and shit you know the Brussels is you know littered with beautiful buildings and chateaus and um also with some horrible back streets and so I played into all of that so it's kind of a a bet noir book if you will and uh it would be interesting to see what they do with it as a film
0: so I just finished watching, uh, on Amazon prime. They have this show called the man in high tower. Have you watched that?
2: It's no, I've not watched. It. I heard, I saw it. I haven't done that yet.
0: So I was surprised. I, I uh, uh, Jeff, actually Jeff Redondo uh, re- referred left? it to me. It's four seasons, right? He referred it okay. to me. He's like, look, and it's still pretty already? interesting. I, well, yeah, the wife loved it. So wow. she was, you know, she was there nice, on board nice. her watching a, an episode or two a day. Um, and, uh, it well. It, it's basically it's set in uh World War Two time. The premise is: What happens if the Nazis and Japan won the the world the war? Right? What would I happen did to the rest? Two
2: episodes of that.
0: Yeah, and it's. It, I mean, just yes. just the trippiness to see that Nazi emblem on like half of the United yes. States, the Japanese flag yes. on the other part of the United States, and you have this like middle neutral zone of what, yes. what remains of America. Like yes. it, it was. It was crazy. And uh, it takes a very sci-fi ish turn. Right. And and as you're explaining this whole 1914 scenario Mm -hmm. uh, and given this box, it kind of makes me wonder, like when you have an outline like that uh, and you're giving some of these criteria, I can imagine somebody got an outline for this show and said, look, this is what we're looking to do. Yeah, Jeff, it was awesome, by the way. Well, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, this is what we're, we're, we're looking to do. And this is what we're looking to get done. And then someone like you sits down and says, all right, that's cool. and starts writing like, what if I went in this direction?
2: And you just like. I did that. I had a conflict with uh, the company because they wanted Nurse Cavill's home to be a house outside of the hospital. Well, you know, back in the early 1900s, when you were at a hospital, you lived there, particularly if you ran it. And your nurse, the nurses lived upstairs in the garrets and what have you. And there was so much going on, stuff, action going on. I thought it would unnecessarily complicate the story and take you out of the story. You had a, pro- a lot of the action not taking place in the hospital, just work more. And it, I did the research and found out she did, in fact, have her apartment in the hospital with a garden. And I use that garden and all that kind of stuff for neat stuff to happen. But I had to fight that. You know, that's one of the things that I just had to take. I said, you know, this it just doesn't work right. What you're asking. So me this to is do. based on a story, then. True, it's a true story.
0: Oh, so uh, that's yeah. That kind of limits cool, it. Yeah. That limits it even more, I guess. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, I did kind of spice it up a little bit. Yeah, I well, mean, this know, like do, I mean I she, in real life, if she had been to my book, she had fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When you hear, when you see that, when you're watching something, it says based on a true story, right? It doesn't necessarily mean this is exactly what happened. This is not a biography. This is Mm -hmm. not a documentary. Mm -hmm. This is – uh, we took the idea of something that actually happened and we made it our own.
2: Based on a true story and a vivid imagination.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and the vivid imagination, again, it could take anything from from character development. The cool thing about that show that I was telling you about is – uh, you know, and a little bit of spoiler for people. It ends up going into some realm of uh, multiverse. So where there's multiple worlds where in this particular world, you know, the Nazis won the war, but in the other world, they didn't. And so they get to see a glimpse of themselves. Like, what would I have yeah. been like in another world, wow. what, you know, in, in one, yeah. in one world, yeah. you know, you, and this is something I talk about all the time. you know, and I always think back, man, what if I would have made this decision or what if I would have ended up with this person or what mm. if I would have bought this car or whatever it is. Right. And, uh, I heard Gary V one time talking about, you know, if you dwell on those things you never know. You could have went in that direction and it could have been the best choice financially that you've ever made and you're super successful and you're traveling the world and you're on your way to to go give a big speech in a country and your plane crashes and you die at 28. Right? right. Like that 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 right. could be a life that that happens to you, right? right? So, you know, having these alternate stories and having these fictions of what what have should have could have Right. For a reality, it could be detrimental, but for you, right? This is like gems. This, these are these are diamonds that you get to turn into somebody's right. – uh, you get to expand on them.
2: The fun thing about it is if you're familiar with history, then you can just take it and use that basically as your sketch pad and put anything you want on it because if it's a dystopia, which my my book is – so many – a couple of my books are dystopias. This one is not. It's based on faction, fiction. I mean on fact, but um, – you do have a, like uh, a lot of room. You do what?
0: I like that faction.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is faction incomplete. Yes. So, uh, but it's all, it was a lot of fun writing it. Uh, I got to tell you, the hardest part was writing the book, turning it in, and they have this process where they have other people read it when you're finished, but they want the book to go down guidelines that make it cinematic. Now. Mm. Writing a book that's cinematic and writing a book that really no one ever thought about writing in the direction of a book is really quite different. And there were some, they sent it back four times. I'm going to be real honest with you. Four times I had to go back and make changes. And when they would recommend that I make the changes, they weren't specific necessarily in the changes. They said, but we kind of would like to see this sort of thing being going on. And maybe the character sounded more like this. And we don't like the way you treated that character. So now i got to go back. (laughs) I figure out, suck my thumb. You know, what are you talking about? You know, and um, but I've got to tell you, it it certainly increased my writing skills. It did make the book better, and um, looking back on it, I felt fortunate to be able to do it.
0: I mean, these these characters are like your babies, right? So like oh, when you yeah. get feedback like that, where like, I don't like yeah. what you did to this person. Do you wouldn't do that. Little, are you
2: out of your freaking mind? Right? No. <laughs> you, you get kind of offended, don't you,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. like,
2: come on. Yeah. I, yeah. I gave this character life. Well, how about this? Didn't you read back on page so-and-so when this happened, so this makes sense here? That's the worst one. Mm. When someone would be writing, they said, well, I don't understand why that happened. Well, in the previous chapter, that's why. But if this person is the editor and they're reading, that means maybe I didn't write that scene strong enough to have the impact to hit later.
0: So what, what do they mean by what, what do you mean by they need it more cinematic? Is this like a where you need more description of, of where they are, the scene, the setting, the smells, the colors, like what what is that what they're trying to get across when they're telling you? Because I feel like when you're when you're when you're telling you that you got feedback but it wasn't clear, it's kind of like my spouse saying you should have known this by now. Right, like I, I told you that. No, you didn't actually say it, but you know me at this point, like you should have known that this is the way it's supposed to go.
2: I had no idea what they were talking about, <laughs> exactly my <laughs> point. <laughs> so, that's about right. I, what they wrote, I'm gonna show you this. So funny, these are the four different things that came back to me. One, four different readers came back with their comments, one after. I wrote it, set a fact, fix it, then another one, okay? And so these are 10 pages long with comments, each of them, right? So I've got to go back there and study it. So the first one, they rate them on a scale of 1 to 10, and you have to have an 8 overall, overall or you don't get published. So the first one that I did, which uh, came out uh, in April, I had a score of, let me go here, I had a score. No, it was in March. I had a score of a 5.5. In April, I had a 6.9. Improvement. Uh, Improvement. And listen to this. In May, I got a 4.9. So it went. So <laughs>
1: <large. laughs> and then oh.
2: well, last one I got an 8.0. You know. And and More. these are averaged over the over the readers that they get sent to, right? Now, one person re- re- reads it and makes it back. So four different people scored it differently. And I got to remember, each time someone new read it, it had been new and improved. Mm. So the third one that had been new and improved twice flunked the first one. <laughs> what a process
0: though I mean, and mm-hmm. then and then here's here's the thing right so you're writing you're ghostwriting for a for a film so you're creating all this character depth all this cinema all this cin- uh, cinematography right everything that's involved in, in a book a book is always better than the movie if you read a book it's always better it's got more detail plus your imagination can take it in a place that you know cinema is limited right yeah. however you go through all this process and get it ghostwritten. In other words, they're going to come and chop it up, finally get it approved, and then it's going to turn into a film, and they're going to edit all that stuff
2: out. I might not recognize it, but I got to tell you, there are some cool things in there. I had to do four different nightmares. Now, this takes place in 1914, but the nightmares take place during the Civil War.
0: Mm. So you're actually Mm. set in two time frames.
2: Yeah. So uh, that was kind of interesting. I I didn't have to do that but it was a lot of fun developing the characters. And I love to do dialogue and I love the exchange of dialogue. And fortunately in a book like this, you are asking about cinematic, there has to be about you know, like 70% of it has to be dialogue. And so uh, I enjoyed that a lot, putting the dialogue in because the dialogue really does drive the story. You can't have a whole lot of um, narrative because uh, unless, You've got a silent film, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, the it was interesting doing the dialogue, and I um, am excited to see how the story goes as a book. And you know, maybe it'll be a it'll be a movie. But again, they're investing in these books to make movies out of them. So you wrote based on an outline
0: and you've written based on nothing which one right. which one of those experiences is easier for you or or which one's you know a, a little bit better what kind of advice you give to writers cuz having a blank canvas can be completely intimidating even though you have the freedom and flexibility to put whatever you want on it sometimes you look at it and you stare at it and you keep looking at it and you flip it around and, you, and nothing comes out whereas when you have that outline
2: at least you have a starting point Yes, that's a good point. I think you might recall when we spoke last time, when I wrote my previous uh, manuscripts, I um, had an an idea in my head what I wanted to do, and I would just run with it and do it, and I didn't outline it at all. Um, Now, in this one, it's outlined for me, and I followed along with it, and I found putting the bones together of the book and the characters, what have you, was easier... Than what was easier than creating my own, but the problem was they weren't characters that I had developed. These were character. I mean, I had developed. But these were characters that were sp- specific to the project, so I had to create these characters running along the lines of the story. So I, my, I had to be a little bit limited in, in in what I was doing, but at the same time, very creative and make sure what I think the people who wrote this um, these specifications wanted. So in that case, I almost felt like I was kind of, I was contained. I I had borders, or in my own books, they don't have to have borders. So that can be good and be bad because in my own books, I spent much more time writing the books than I did writing this one, not on the initial draft, Mm -hmm. but on having to organize my own better. This one was organized better from the beginning, but it took a lot of time meeting their expectations. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's all the back and forth. Well, I, mean, I and, and know, I
2: wonder about these things right here. I probably put in 30 to 40 hours just making corrections each time they came back. True.
0: True. Well, I, and, and the reason why I was asking about the, the outline is because, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of of criticism or parallels, if you will, from books like uh, Harry Potter to Star Wars, where the, those storylines run very similar to each other, those characters run very similar to each other, and I wonder if it's more of not so much of a copy thing, but of a of like having those nuts and bolts already built in. There's a foundation between this type of character and this hero's journey Definitely. and this storyline. Yeah, it's a template. template exactly, right. and and having those templates in place makes it easier for story writing.
2: Yes. Uh, you know, it, it it's more efficient. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not going to get a Pulitzer prize out of any of it. That's for sure. Uh, but, but she sold a hell of a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. So it's been an interesting process for me. And I, and because of the demands that they had and the guidance they gave me, I believe I'm a better writer as a result.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think anytime you can take criticism when somebody's telling you yeah it was good but fix this this and this uh right. and you don't give up right and you go back and you you take some some introspective look at what you're doing that is that is the key
2: to learn, about right? attitude okay oh. when i would get them back uh and i'd read what they had to say the first one i think there was a temper tantrum and a, a half a bottle of vodka involved and then um <laughs> the uh the second third one's go back You know, you get used to. You realize, okay, these people are getting paid to get feedback, and everybody's working as a team to make this happen. Now, I never expressed any dissatisfaction with the folks that I was working with. I think I was more dissatisfied with myself. Mm. You know, uh, why couldn't I have done a better job the first time? But again, you asked about cinematic. I had never written a book that was geared towards cinematic, so I wasn't uh, really aware of what they were looking for. I Am now,
0: but they came out, they they sought you, right? They they went out and and looked for you, so obviously, what you have done in the past uh caught their attention. They're like, okay, this Mm -hmm. is the kind of author that we want to work with. Yeah, we're talking about another
2: project now. Say that again, we're talking about doing another project now.
0: Yeah, see, so so they like your style, and I think Mm -hmm. I think uh, that's where where you know, as an author, it's one thing, as a director, it's another, and and I think when you when you take some book and you can take the, again, the foundation that that book has, the characters that it has and kind of decide, okay, these are the the, the core pieces of this author that we want to put onto a screen. And I think mm-hmm. it takes a good mesh. So when you find a great author, when you find a great director and they really can take that literature and bring it to life in their own ways, I think that's where you have you know great cinematic success. That's where you have great uh, successes in the book sales. and. Mm-hmm being a process, I mean, that's no joke, man. I mean, some of these, some of these movies take years to put together yeah. and, and books same way. And they turn into huge novels. I mean, I mean, look at star Wars. They were nine movies already, whatever, but it yeah. was originally that, 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 uh, three volume saga. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, like you were saying before you were writing one book turned into a saga. Like that's just right. hmm. sometimes the characters take you in those directions.
2: Another interesting point here back. You were talking about the direction, what have you like, this was a ghostwriting situation where someone hired. you even your major authors that are um, publishers, um, they work for the publishers as well. Even though you're major, they're major authors, publishers uh, send stuff back that their editors have looked at all the time for a lot of these well-named writers. So, you know, you're going to have if you're if you're out there you're successful and you're doing things It's collaborative effort and nobody does it by themselves
0: oh 100 yeah. 100 but again Having that positive perspective, having that perspective of what you said, what you said when you came back to you, you, you literally were like, what did I do wrong? What, how did I make this mistake? How can I improve? Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a perspective that not a lot of people have. A lot of people are always blaming somebody else or looking in the other direction. And I think that's what stops them. It's their own limiting beliefs. They're not willing to look at themselves as the problem. Otherwise, if they did, they would realize that they also have the solution.
2: Right. Well, you it, have to respect the people you're working with. And the more I work with those people, the more I interact with them, the more I said, wow, I'm lucky to be working with these people because I have my own projects going all the time. And all it did was help make my other projects better.
0: Hmm. Taking oh. taking the taking the skills learned in one piece of mm-hmm. your life and applying them to the other piece of life. Right. I mean, right. you're a registered investment advisor,
2: right? Right.
0: So, I mean, there's a lot of fact and thought process and creative uh, strategies that you need to put into place in being a registered investment, taking somebody's money and deciding where we're going to put it. How long is it going to be there? How aggressive are we going to be in these investments? Mm-hmm. You know, How much of it we need to have liquid? All those things are creative points in a in strategy that you put together, not very different from the creative aspect of, of character development. Right. That makes sense. I mean that's the connection I make so I, I yeah I can see easily how you can take the skills learned in one and apply them to another
2: Now um your banner across there I would if I were them I would go to www.jrstravyjunior.com too J. R. Stravey JR Stravey Junior is that a little bit different than Jerry Stravy The, the Jerry com is my financial planning and the Stravey JR Stravey Junior is the writing
0: Oh, all right. And James is gonna make that, I edit have told here. Like, like that.
2: What's
0: wrong? Yep. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes a difference. So, but hey, James, do me a favor while you're fixing hmm? while you're fixing that, James. While you're while you're uh, changing the the website, also bring uh-huh. it up so we can show pictures of the books that uh, yeah that Jerry has uh, completed here.
2: One of them I just put what up yesterday. They? It's a uh, short story. I wrote this short story because someone wanted me to. A group of people wanted me to participate in what, an anthology. You know, when a bunch of authors get together and everybody piles a story and what have you. And they gave me guidelines on what to write on it. And I got the guidelines and I just ignored them. It was supposed to be a four thousand word story. I wrote six thousand, so I couldn't put it in there. So I said the heck with it. And I decided I'm not going to put it in there. So it's the one on the right that says the lieutenant in the vintner, which, uh Lieutenant and the vintner, which takes place in World War II and it's this german officer who got injured in battle he's an ss guy and he gets gi- injured and his father's a high ranking um, ss general and hitler tells him don't send him back to the front line you know give him a easier job so he goes to burgundy france and he's part of the occupation there and it's a really kind of cool story but it's only for an adult read
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I would say the same thing about the first spouse of the United States. It's definitely an adult read, uh, yeah. but, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It keeps the story going. You weren't afraid to curse. You weren't afraid to have blood. You weren't afraid to step it up or, or do any of the things uh, that you would even say is, uh, I don't know, stereotypical or, or de- de- divisive. Uh, everything in your books is, is they speak the way people speak right? They, they act the way people act. They feel the way people feel. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, it's not, you know, propped up or anything like that. It's not, it it doesn't feel fake when you're reading it. It feels real. Uh, like this is an experience that, that you would have with somebody else.
2: By the way, that short story, the Lieutenant and the Vintners, 99 cents. Boom on Kindle. Well, Jerry, man,
0: I had a lot of fun. I always have fun when uh, when I talk to you, and always. thank you for for jumping on on, on our last minute uh, email list here. So you know, just just to let uh, let the audience know, we I had actually closed off this week. I was supposed to go to Podcast Movement uh, in Dallas for the week, and COVID hit, so that didn't happen. So. Oh, yeah, it's all right. So we opened up the calendar and 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 if you're part of the Business Bros network, if you're part of our last minute email list, you get the emails that come out and give you an opportunity to come on and talk about what's going on in your life. Well, Jerry you took advantage of
2: it. What you guys got going on? In fact, I tell people about you all the time. And I got all kinds of people would be interested in strutting their stuff on your show.
0: Why we'd love to have them, so thank you very much. Really yeah. appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, make sure you guys check out uh Jerry's website, it's jrstravy.com. Uh, jr.com. uh and, and pick up some of those books, some interesting reads. Have some fun. Check out how California wins. Uh- <laughs> Uh, how the Republicans win <laughs> California in 2020? Just sort to to of read
2: the book or find out what happens there. You got to find
0: out how it happens exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly.
2: That, can't spoil that though.
0: nope not not spoiling that. Not spoiling. That. Know, I'm working on a sequel for that. Yeah, and you should, because uh, yeah. once you win, and once you win the election, and you're in the particular situation that this book is set in, uh, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff that can happen after Witness that for time. sure.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean someone who finished that book got so mad at me they tore out the last page the way it ended. <gasps> <gasps> wow. Well, you great? know what?
0: They read the entire book, so that's good. That's good. Wow. All right. Jerry, thank you very much for spending some time with us, ladies and gents. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, tomorrow by the way, is SHIT so happy it's Thursday. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Peace.
2: Bye-bye. Thank you. Enjoyed it.
0: And we're out.
1: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business.